welcome to the AFL Ratings Podcast Round 22 Wrap. My name is Pete, I go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. I would like to welcome in co-host Aaron Bryans, and you've just finished the Giants and Port Adelaide Gamut Adelaide Oval. I have, Pete. Yeah, it didn't uh, play out how I kind of expected, to be honest. I, I thought the Giants were one of the, the teams in the chasing pack that could certainly do some damage on the run home, if not in September, but uh, they got annihilated by Port Adelaide, who were low on form and obviously still had a, a lot of changes considering there was illness running through the camp. The, the power, especially their midfield, showed us exactly what they can do at their prime, and, and that's what we saw during that 13-game winning streak. They, they are a team that can beat the best when they're rolling on all cylinder, uh, firing on all cylinders, and um, we saw that tonight with, with Butters and Rosie combining for, for 63 disposals. They had 11 different goal kickers, and, um, yeah, they're a force come finals if they can continue this. Yeah, blistering start by Port Adelaide, and they were never really challenged. No, they, yeah, the, the hot start um, ultimately played a, a pretty big factor. The, the Giants had a little bit of a, sur- a late surge in the third term and, and in the final quarter, but, yeah, it was never going to really get them back. I mean, the, the closest they kind of got it was 35 points, and that was about it. So, um, yeah, uncharacteristic from the Giants. Adam Kingsley was filthy with their performance. That They'll need a lot to look at, considering they've got a couple of uh, big games to come with uh, Essendon and, and Carlton in their run home. You mentioned Zach Butters and Connor Rosie, but it was Miles Bergman who set the pace early for Port Adelaide. Yeah, weird start, um, kicking a couple of goals in the opening term, finishing with three, considering it only had seven behinds heading into the game. And I think in the in the last month, or even since re-signing, he was only really averaging about 12 to 14 touches a game. He, he wasn't having a huge impact since he put pen to paper, but tonight he, he showed exactly why Port Adelaide wanted to sign him long-term. He, he is going to be a star, this kid. And um, even though he did disappear a little bit after that first quarter, it was enough that kind of laid the foundation for the victory. Port Adelaide now settled inside that top four, so opportunities are now available to them. 100%. Uh, the, the Friday night game, Collingwood and Brisbane, uh, shapes up as a massive top two shaker. Uh, it, Brisbane would be, uh, I guess, the underdogs heading into that game. If they don't get the job done, Port Adelaide have two easier fixtures on the run home with Fremantle and Richmond, so they'd probably move in. Um, obviously, we've seen over the past couple of weekends, even earlier today with Hawthorne's win, that you never say never. Uh, you, you can predict the favourites, but it never goes that way. So I think at the moment, if I'm looking at the fixtures, Port Adelaide and Collingwood are my top two. But, um, yeah, if Brisbane can get the job done, it's a tough task against the Magpies. But if they get it done, they deserve to finish second. And, and if they do, I, I can see them rolling into a grand final because they should have two home finals. Yeah, interesting. Uh, the Richmond and Port Adelaide game in the final round of the home and away season I've got to imagine that a few players could be rested and that could be uh, pretty much a guaranteed win in that final game. So if they can get it done this week, Port Adelaide, a massive chance to finish second. Yeah, 100%. I think considering the Richmond game is here at the Adelaide Oval, yeah, you'd want to send off your stars this weekend against North Melbourne, which the Roos have already said they're doing. Like This will be Zeeble's final game. Um, Cunnington we obviously saw this weekend. So, yeah, I think in a way that round 24 game is a dead rubber and a chance for a big percentage boost for the power. Disappointing loss for the Giants uh, showed so much promise in recent weeks, but back-to-back losses has them on the outside looking in. Yeah, I don't think they make it now, which is yeah, crazy to say because they're the best defensive team in the competition on form. Um, they had that massive seven-game winning streak and looked unbeatable through it. Uh, last week, even against Sydney, I know they they, they were better at the stoppage, um, but they were poor in terms of stopping um, counter-transitions. So, 
it was a little unlike them in the Battle of the Bridge, and then they pull up today and, and show that it, it wasn't just a one-off, that there's a bit of a trend there that they've fallen off. And because of their fixtures, I mean, Essendon and Carlton, I just I don't think they make it. There's a good seven teams fighting for the last two spots, um, and I think even though Adelaide is at the bottom of that pack, they probably have the better run. Uh, so I could see Adelaide, um, maybe even Geelong, squeezing in um, and... Yeah, the Sydney and the Bulldogs now are a little bit precarious. Yeah, that's Saturday night next week. We've got the, the Cats and the Saints on Saturday night. You, you're calling the uh, Adelaide and Swans game, which is a monster game. Yeah, massive. It's basically an elimination final. I, I can't see either side surviving a loss. So, um, yeah, Sydney have found this late resurgence. Adelaide probably should be a top-four team if they just had a bit of polish. That They've competed with the best. We saw that against Brisbane on the weekend. We've seen it against Collingwood and Melbourne. They, they've they had an improvement this year, so it's certainly a tick, but they'd probably be frustrated that they haven't capitalised on some of the opportunities being given to them. So, yeah, it's a massive game. I, I think Adelaide get the job done. They've got West Coast in the final round. For, for me, I have them finishing in the eight. OK, Port Adelaide and a Giants fantasy rep here. So Connor Rosie, 112 points, pretty solid. Uh, and he got going uh, after a pretty slow start, I guess. Yeah, really excellent um, around the board. I think Butters was the one who was kind of fighting for the footy and Rosie was, was almost the link man and that, that Batman and Robert, Robin combo was was excellent and showcased itself once again and Connor Rosie proving why. Um, you know, he's one of the stars of the game. Obviously, we're, we're turning towards prelim final week in fantasy and, yeah, Rosie's a must-have. And then in terms of next year, for those who are looking ahead, um, hate to say it, but, um, yeah, he's going to be a pure midfielder next year. He, he's he's done so much uh, at stoppage that even the times he has hit the scoreboard, it's just not going to be enough. So for those who have him in keeper leagues, be prepared that, yeah, he's going to lose his DPP status. Zach Butters, next one here, 121 points from him. So two things here. We'll talk about fantasy for, for a sec. With Richmond in that final game, he could really get going for a big score um, and you kind of imagine he should have a pretty decent score against Fremantle next week as well. So pretty much, not too sure if he's a must-have, but he's pretty close to it. And just on that, Zach Butters, you know, he's right in brand like contention right now. Yeah, I think he is. We, we've talked a lot over the past few weeks of top six forwards and there's probably like seven or eight that are in that discussion and, and who fits in that final spot because Taranto, Gordon, Dunkley, Rosie, Canelio are probably your, your top five and then you're trying to pick that final spot. Luke Jackson can be in the conversation as well. Zach Butters certainly deserves it. Like Jack McRae had a horrific weekend. He's had really bad form, so I wouldn't have him in that discussion anymore. And yeah, Butters, as you touched on, is in Brownlow contention now. I mean, the three votes he would have got tonight certainly puts him right back in the hunt. Uh, and as you mentioned, he has some favourable fixtures with Fremantle and Richmond that his ceiling is just so high. At his worst, he's an 80s guy. At his best, he's 120, 130. So uh, I'm backing him in, um, yeah, to, to finalise that forward line. Dan Houston has a pretty decent ceiling in optimal conditions. It was a slow week last week for Houston, but he got going again with 129 points against the Giants on Sunday. Yeah, it's it's the same old tale for Dan Houston. Um, can absolutely just dominate with some massive scores. But, yeah, season low, nine touches last week. He He's so up and down, um, albeit, you know, four tonnes in his last five and um, five in his last seven. So, like, not a bad run of form, um, but just not reliable enough in a prelim final. But if we're talking about draft and, and keeper, then, yeah, I love Dan Houston. I think he's, he's a ripping player who will let you down occasionally, but most of the time he's very serviceable. But... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not banking on him 
heading into a couple of really big games in your classic season. Tom Green, monster score last week, and he comes out with a solid 114 points this week. Yeah, he's back, which is really exciting. Um, I mean, all of a sudden, he's going to be one of the highest averaging midfielders come the end of the year. So frustrating in the fact that he'll be very expensive next season. But yeah, he's an absolute champ. This guy is a contested possession beast. Um, loves finding the footy. We, we touched on it at the start of the year, I think, that he used to be very handball heavy. And he, he was a little bit like that tonight. He still had 20 handballs out of his 31 touches. But he's starting to tackle more. He, he's certainly pushing closer to goal at times as well. Kick two tonight. So... I think he's just a bit more versatile. He's added a, a couple more skills to his game that makes him elite in the upper echelon. So um, no dramas, I think, running him in the final two rounds if he still had him. Uh, and next year, tough task. There's going to be a couple of premium options, and he could be the best player in the game. Round 22 fantasy wrap. So Rory led 126 points. Uh, so after you missed a, a few weeks ago, uh, solid score. Um, probably an option to finish off as well. 100%. I think... Um, the issue with him was going to be if Adelaide dropped out of contention that they probably would just rest him. Like he had that big shoulder injury. He's admitted that he's kind of walking wounded. Um, but he's played through it. I mean, he's had five consecutive tons. Uh, he's, um, he's a, he's a ripper. Um, he's heading towards 30, as you know, uh, and probably isn't a lock next year. But for now, 100% I'd have him. Um, Adelaide will well and surely in the hunt. Now, do, if they lose to Sydney, they play West Coast the week after. They're probably out of the hunt. It's in Perth. Maybe he doesn't play that. So just be prepared that a lot hinges on the Swans game this Saturday night. So next one here, Hugh McCluggage, 120 points. So Will Ashcroft obviously done a couple of weeks ago uh, for 12 months, but Hugh McCluggage getting it done inside midfield role. Yeah, huge late season surge since that injury. So a couple of really big scores, five tons on the run home is great for human cluggage. It was frustrating at the start of the year that it, it felt like this was the season he'd take the next step and then the inclusion of Dunkley and Ashcroft just pushed him back out again and we, mm. we didn't see that fantasy next step that we wanted. So hopefully it doesn't go too big on the run home because then he, you know, his average will start pushing up and he doesn't seem like a, a value option next year. But yeah, I don't know about Hugh McCluggage moving forward. He, he's more of that outside guy, and um, obviously Ashcroft quite young, and Dunkley's not going anywhere, and neither is Neil. So, um, yeah, I just don't know if he's even worth it next year at this point. Um, obviously, we're a long way away, and you know, injuries. We'll see. Obviously, Ashcroft out for what be a year. So, um, yeah, I, I like Hugh McCluggage, but from a fantasy perspective, he's he's only relevant when one of those guys are down. Next one here, uh, Jack Fawney, 142 points. Now, Melbourne are going to have to win at least one game to finish off to finish top four. If they lose both, uh, they could actually drop out of that top four, which is quite interesting, and that would be to Carlton if they can get it done in their final two games. So reflecting into Jack Fawney, uh, because of the importance of the games, um, obviously their final game against the Swans could be highly contested if both uh, games if that game is live, so I, I think he would be okay if he contested an inside midfield numbers in that game, but it's this game against uh, Hawthorne upcoming. Uh, I think he can have a pretty decent score, but obviously the Hawks took out Liberatore today. Obviously he was injured there as well, but you know he was a target. So I just wonder if they go after Jack Farney this week, but I think it could be pretty two decent ceiling games to finish the year. It's a funny one when we talk about the Hawks because. Yeah, you'd think they would have, they would have gone to Pontepelli today with Phil McGuinness, and they didn't. Um, and even if you look ahead to the Melbourne game, if you talk about the most damaging player for the Ds, like Clayton Oliver racks it up, mm. but Petrarca can 
be the link man who gets them inside 50 with some pure excellence and some great clearances. And Viney's another that, yeah, is an absolute bull. So I wouldn't be surprised if Oliver doesn't get the tag because he's often not as impactful with his handballs and a lot of his possessions are uncontested out in space. So um, I reckon Petrarca and Viney, yeah, could be getting a look in. Um, and as for Viney, yeah, massive ceiling because of his tackling. The Swans game, as you mentioned, is, is a big target. But the Hawthorne one does worry me a little bit because he, he's unheralded, unheralded rather, and his role in Melbourne. If he's shut down by Finn McGuinness, yeah, can play a major factor. 138 points for Nick Newman. He was solid again off halfback for the Blues. Yeah, ridiculous. I didn't see the game, but I, I jumped on the app and quarter time or even half time, he was pushing towards 70, 80, and I just thought, my goodness, he's, yeah. he's headed for another big score. And yeah, what a ridiculous end of the season he's having. And I wonder if part of that is, you know, Sam Doherty pushing up a little bit more, and, and obviously he's getting more chances to take uncontested grabs, but. Um, we've, we've kind of seen this from Nick Newman even at the Swans that when he's given free reign and, and full games um, you know he loves a kick mark he's a high scoring fantasy prospect it's just consistency but considering all of his good scores have come in this winning streak that Carlton has had hopefully it locks him into the 22 for the foreseeable future Next one here and he was very good on return Clayton although 126 points would have very little ownership yeah, which is funny because he also spent a fair bit of time forward and still managed to drop a massive score. So I think a lot of people will scramble to bring him in. But again, it's it's such a risk-reward. Um, if he gets tagged in your prelim final, you're cooked. <laughs> but yeah. it's against Hawthorne, so you could even captain him. And if he doesn't, he could go massive. So, um, yeah, I don't envy anyone making that decision. Um, I'm going to bring in Bontempelli this week because I think he's safer against West Coast than Clayton Oliver is against Hawthorne. But... Um, for those who have a luxury trade and already own someone like a Bond, um, yeah, you're probably going to have to have a crack at Clayton, aren't you? But I'd be watching the media thoroughly through the week to see if you can figure out the puzzle that is Hawthorne's tagging plan. 159 points, it was an amazing game from John Newcomb. Yeah, I think um, the Hawks have taken the next step. Like We can see clearly out of the, the rebuilding sides in the younger list, they are the best one. And the exciting part is um, Newcomb was a mid-season draft in. At times we see with those guys, they come in for a quick instant hit, but there's a reason why they weren't drafted. And that's, you know, they, they either don't adapt well enough, they're not quick learners, or they're just not elite players. John Newcomb has certainly bucked that trend. I mean, Marlon Pickett, to an extent, has been a very serviceable at Richmond and had a couple of ripping games. But I think John Newcomb's probably, if you talk about the calibre of player that he is, is, is probably the best that we play we've seen from a mid-season pickup. Like he, he's going to be in Hawthorne's midfield for this entire, not rebuild, but this next decade, I guess, as they build with, with him, Day and Warple. So from a fantasy perspective, it's very exciting. Once the Hawks take the next step and he starts scoring more consistently, We've got a guy who's underpriced and, and, you know, could be that next Sam Mitchell, Tom Mitchell-esque kind of guy that is consistently pulling 30 touches and high tackles. So at 800k at the moment, an average of 93. Um, again, if you head into next year and he's priced under 95, um, he's probably a good value option if Hawthorne can take that next step. Next one here is Rowan Marshall, 131 points from him, and it was a massive first half for Marshall. Yeah, insane, and he's, he's, it only gets better for here. He's got Geelong this coming weekend. Oscar McInerney to wrap things up was a tough task at the Gabba in the, in the grand final. But, um, yeah, he, he's clearly top two with Tim English um, and, and just getting it done around the ground. I mean, I look back all the way to round one and think we were worried that St Kilda were going to run with two rucks, um, whether or not Tom Campbell was going to get a go. Uh, and Marshall has been the guy 
for the whole year. So um, we're, we're looking at, you know, a relatively youngish ruck. We can probably set and forget for a while. Now, you know, Marshall could be – Marshall and English could be the new Gorn Grundy um, from when Grundy was back at Collingwood. Um, you know, two guys that are – you know, you can probably lock in for the next few years as the, the two premium ruck options going forward. And just on Rowan Marshall uh – Geelong plays St Kilda next week, and Geelong are without a recognised ruckman. Uh, they have Reece Stanley, who is now injured. Uh, they also have Segler dealing with an issue of theirs, and no Blicks arse as well. So uh, I kind of imagine it could be a pretty big day for Rowan Marshall next week. So the last one here is Jack Sinclair, 121 points. Uh, when he goes untouched, pretty much, Aaron, like he can just get it done with a high-selling game. Yeah, it's a tough one because teams don't really like that forward tag when you you know you have to waste a forward to try and shut down a really impactful half backman but jack sinclair's the guy like when he as you said when he gets free reign he, he racks up the footy 33 today um yeah massive effort certainly a top tier defender and um it's been great to see him this year like i, I didn't start with him because i wasn't sure if last year was a one-hit wonder um and ended up getting him in once he, he started pulling those big scores again like this is a guy who out of nowhere really like had a pretty uh, you know, seasoned career where you hadn't been a big fantasy guy and then just absolute rocket last season has carried into this year and, and now he's a very reliable guy. So, yeah, um, credit to anyone who, who had him early and then you must have him heading into your final two weeks. Uh, and hopefully, I mean, he, he should retain his DPP as well. He's definitely going to be a defender and the hope is that that midfield time helps um, keep both because that flexibility in, in the keeper league is, yeah, paramount. Where can the listeners find you this week, Aaron? Uh, so they can find me at Aaron Bryans on Twitter. I'm calling the Crows and Sydney game Saturday night, but basically the elimination final, which will be very exciting. Uh, head-to-head with that Geelong game at Cadinia Park. Um, so you can hear on the ABC Listen app through the AFL button. Uh, we'll have SA Grandstand Saturday at 11 as well for all things Port and Crows. Um, had Tim, Tim Silvers on during the week, which was great. Um, mentioned a bit about Matthew Nix getting a contract extension in the off-season, and uh, we'll try and check in with Port Adelaide this weekend and find out what on earth was going on with that late change with Sam Hayes, because <laughs> they're playing a bit, bit of silly buggers at the moment, Port Adelaide, but they're certainly eyeing off a top two finish. You can find me at AFR Ratings, Pete on Twitter, afrratings.com.au for a stack of fantasy information, AFR Ratings, Twitter accounts and associated Twitter accounts there as well. Well, Aaron, all the best in your planning this week, and we'll speak to you after round 23. Cheers, Pete.